I saw Brother Mickey walking up the stairs and the sun, sun came on, so I guess he, just his presence is what was needed. I'm faithful and I do all and why is why is God allowing all of this to happen and uh, I was I was looking back through uh, I've preached about you know about these things before but I was looking back through some notes and back when I was in Bible college and uh, I thought this this is kind of looking at it from a different standpoint than what we usually do this more of a theological thing but but why, you know, why the question, why does God allow suffering and why does God allow sickness in, among his people, Christian people? Why is it, why is this going on? If God, if God knew that Adam and Eve were going to make the wrong choice and, and God, God knew because he's omniscient, he knew, then why did, why did he make them capable of making, making those kind of choices? And, and people say, well, you know, it's not God. It, it wasn't God that tempted It was the devil. But then that just raises the question, why did God create angels knowing that, that, they, that some of them would fall and one of them would become the devil and lead the whole human race into sin? If, if he knew, if God knew the devil was going to make those choices and lead to those issues, why did he make him? Uh, or, or why did God give, give him the power to make that choice. Why, you know, why, and why did God make man uh, to where he could choose? Why did, why did, why was all of this? So, um, all the answers that that are legitimate answers always lead us back to God. You can't stop asking the question at, at, at Satan. You can't, you can't say that he's the originator, and um, and you can't stop asking. The question of man, Adam and Eve. Um, so you're going to wind up all the way back to God, but that's basically true of every aspect of foundational theology. Everything ultimately goes back to the nature of God and the purposes of God. Now let me give you a little sequence of things, and we're going to be a little bit theological, but this this is a actually a theological issue. So let me just kind of give you some little uh, some little points, and won't have time to really spend a whole lot of time on on these things. But uh, kind of look at this matter of, of why why is there suffering, uh, why why does God allow uh, suffering and, and sickness, and all, why why all that? So let's uh, let's consider uh, some more more things that go beyond just the matter of, of uh, that because of sin, many people commit sin, all those things. Um, my, first, my first point here is this. Evil, evil exists. Can everybody acknowledge that, that evil exists? Do you all acknowledge evil? Evil exists. Now, there's several ways to break down evil. Let me just give you some categories to think about it. First of all, there, there's, the, there's what is referred to as natural evil, or maybe, uh, maybe the word calamity uh, might be a, a more appropriate word. 
Now, we're not talking here about morally. First of all, we're, we're talking about the, the presence of, of, of danger, of uh, destruction and, and, uh, and death, which is a reflection that, that um, really the, the um, ultimate reason or the ultimate uh, thing that's going to happen with people because of sin is that you, you're going to die. The wages of sin is death. Wages of sin is death. And so there, there is that that's just because of decay and, and death. You know, we're talking about a while ago, as you get older, uh, there's things that wear out. Uh, none of us, none of us are as you know, as strong and as good a health as we were back when we were in our 20s. Now, some of you may be in your 20s, you're still experiencing that strength. But but most of us here tonight, uh, we've been here a few years, and uh, and we have, you know, we experienced things that, that uh, you know, has really affected our, our health and our strength, our energy. So... Um, so there, there is that, that natural, natural evil. There, not, not necessarily a personal evil. It's, it's part of creation, part of, part of the creation itself in its fallen condition. You, you remember when Adam and Eve sinned, God put a curse not only on, on them, on mankind, but also on the whole earth. The whole earth, God, God cursed the whole earth, and so uh, there, there's that. Because of that natural evil, there are things that that take place because of the, uh, you know, the uh, the curses that's on the earth because of sin. Uh, we all this this heat wave we've been having, everything people have been saying, preacher, you. You think this is from the global warming? You think this is why there's global warming? Well, you know, we're, we're having global warming, but I don't think it's because of hair, hairspray. I don't think it's because of hairspray. And, and um, I don't think that, that um, it, it's, you know, about you know that because of uh, all the things that we're doing, you know that we're causing all this. If you if you look back in Second Peter chapter three, not right now, but jot that down. And look back, and the Bible says the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the whole earth will be burned up. So, so that's that's something that God's going to do. Hairspray is not going to do that. Uh, go ahead and use all the hairspray you want. That's not going to make it any hotter. Walk on the grass, uh, kill a deer, drill for oil. All of those things. That's not going to cause the earth to be hotter. Um, that's just another thing our politicians are using to, you know, to keep everybody scared and to keep them in power. So. Uh, so, you know, I, I looked up a, a book because of the 
references to the epidemic back in the uh, early 1900s in the uh, uh, I think I think the the height that was around 1918 uh, the book was called the great influenza and it's a story of the great flu epidemic that hit the United States in the in the teen years 1918 being the height of it and in and in 24 months the best estimates are that 100 million people died on this planet because of this. 100 million people. Uh, they faced a, a, a virus that had morphed itself and mutated itself into such violence that the normal process of viral infection didn't operate. It, it was so virulent, some people died of the sheer trauma to the body that the virus brought. Some people died of secondary causes, primarily uh, pneumonia. I um, I was uh, talking to a doctor one time about you know people that are there. It seems to me that and, you know when I uh, visit people that in the hospital over the 50 years that I've been pastoring, I've been in seem like a hundred different hospitals, at least that many, uh, all over the country really, and. Um, and it seemed like, especially with older people, that the primary cause of death is pneumonia. Did you know that? Uh, but see, pneumonia can come on through secondary things. You know, I mean, it might, maybe you didn't have pneumonia when you were put in the hospital. But that's just like uh, when one of the times that Janice was in the hospital, they came, she was in the heart, on the heart floor, and they came and said they were going to put her in isolation. And I said, why? And they said, well, you know, uh, there's, there's uh, some patients in here that have Mercer. And uh, so we're, we're removing all the patients from here, put them in, into isolation. And uh, so, okay, Mercer, I've heard of that. <clears throat> uh, I'm not quite sure what it is, but... Um, but evidently it's very contagious. I know uh, back, the only time I was ever in the hospital in 87 years as a patient uh, was when I, when I was there, when it, it, I developed sepsis myself. And it started out as uh, E. coli infection. And, uh, and I got that from a, from a guy, one of our church members. He was in the hospital in Lakeland. And uh, I went up to visit him and uh, the door was standing wide open, so I didn't, I didn't see that they had a notice on the door that uh, you, you, you were not to enter without, you know, a, a gown and all that protection uh, stuff and all. But the door was standing wide open, so I didn't see that. So I walked in, the guy in the bed, you know, he reached out, shook my hand, you know, and he was, and, uh, and, I, and I, could, I was aware of the fact there was somebody else in the room. But I hadn't seen them yet because they were kind of sitting in a little alcove there uh, off in the room. And so when I turned, it was one of, another one of our church members, and he had on, he had on the whole garb, you know, his whole um, body covered and had uh, uh, things on his, on his shoe, over his shoes and, and had on a cap and had on the mask and all that. And, uh, you know, and then he stepped up, you know, and, and shook my hand, and and I said, "What's going on?" And he said, "Well, he, uh, brother, so and so here, he's got Mercer." 
I said, well, what, what, why did they let me come up here to visit him then without telling me? And, um, but anyway, because of that, I developed E. coli infection. And, um, and so then it works its way into, into sepsis. But um, the, getting back here to the, a lot of people that died during that, uh, of that 100 million that died on planet Earth, uh, they, some of them had pneumonia, which, had, which they had developed because of the fact they had this, this other, this virus. Um, and here's an interesting thing. Most of the people who died were between the ages of 20 and 40. 20 and 40. Uh, the people who had the strongest immune system because, because it was their own immune system that killed them. In, in, the, in, in its effort to, to fight the virus, it killed the person. Uh, 100 million people. All of that happened because of a tiny virus in some pigs in Kansas. Uh, all viruses come from birds. I've read that. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know it until I, I read that. But all viruses come from birds. And it got into some pigs. And some people who were around the pigs were conscripted to go into World War I. And they were sent to a base in Kansas with 25,000 soldiers. And those soldiers were then sent out, you know, to different countries of the world during World War I. And, and so it spread then all over the world. A, a, a virus uh, that spread out all over the world and killed 100 million people. Now, we saw a little bit of this in this recent thing with the COVID thing um, and how you know, how a virus can spread. Um, I don't know, they, you know, I, I guess I'd probably get locked up for saying this, but, but I still believe it came out of that lab in China. And I think it was delivered. I believe it was delivered. Um, and, you know, I'm, I don't care whether that's politically correct or not. That's what I believe. I also believe that the last election, election was rigged. Uh, you can lock me up for that too. But I believe that. I believe it was rigged. And, uh, and I think the next one will be. Because they've already got everything set in motion for it. And, um, you know, if you, if you don't like me saying that, uh, then you just have to swallow real hard because I'm, I'm not going to take it back. Um, but a, a virus is not like a bacteria. It's not a, it's not a fully live entity. It only has a half a life. In order to produce, reproduce itself, it has to attach itself to a living cell. And then it takes over the encoded genetic system in that living cell and reproduces itself through that living cell. What kind of a mysterious evil is that? Um, this is a very dangerous planet to live on. Natural evil. I'm glad that we're living on this end of human history. You know that uh, there wasn't a disease in the history of humanity cured scientifically until 1885 because they didn't know what caused disease. They were bleeding people. That's how George Washington died. They bled him to death. 
so you can be you can be thankful for advancement, right? You can be thankful for living on this end of of a man subduing the earth. But this is still a dangerous planet to live on because of the curse, the curse on the earth. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the whole creation, what? Groaneth. The whole creation groaneth. So that, that, that's natural, natural evil. There are things that, that, that happen because of, of the curse that's on, on the earth. There's, uh, and, and we have, we have calamity, we have, you have uh, hurricanes, you have tornadoes, you have earthquakes, all those kind of things because of the curse on the earth. So you're going to have that. That's not necessarily got anything to do with you personally. You know, I mean, you didn't bring that on personally because anything you did. You get my point. All right, let's go to the second here. There's secondly, there's moral evil. Now that's, we're talking about natural. Now there's moral evil. Moral evil is personal, internal, spiritual, uh, wickedness, sin, transgression. Uh, this dominates the human race. You know, uh, you, you hear about something, you know, really, really bad. And you think, wow, you know, how could, how could somebody do something like that? And, and how could it ever be any worse? Next day, you pick up the paper or listen to the news, and something worse even has happened. There, I've, I've heard preachers say this in the past. There isn't anything that a human being will not do under the right circumstance or the wrong circumstances. Uh, and if, he, if he's in a, in a predicament where he has, where he thinks he has no choice, he'll do it to cover up, to cover up anything that he may be doing. Uh, more, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and what? Desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. I mean, that's more than just being wicked. Desperately wicked. And, uh, and so this, this dominates the, the entire human race. It's in every single human heart. And it's a dominating, controlling force. You know, uh, you hear, hear about, you know, it's been on the news lately about this woman that, that killed all of her children. You know, all, just killed all of her children. Uh, things like that, you know, that and you're hearing more and more and more of that. Uh, I'll, I'll get into the reason for that in, in, in my next point. But, but uh, evil, evil. The Bible says there is none good, no, not one. None good, no, not one. All the hearts, all the thoughts of the heart are only evil continually, the Bible says. Man is driven by lust that produce sin and death. And so the world is except under a curse <clears throat> that makes natural evil everywhere present. And it's inhabited by people who are evil morally. <clears throat> All of these immoral sinners trying to survive in a fallen world, <clears throat> colliding with each other in in a malfunctioning marriages and families and friendships and, and rivalries that escalate into wars 
all this this is manifest evidence of the moral evil <clears throat> in the world. <clears throat> so you're, with, you're still with me, right? You're still with me, okay. Third, there's a supernatural evil. There's not only the evil that's in the heart of man, but there's a force of demonic beings that are as old as their creation, which would have been around the time of the creation of everything else. These spiritual entities, these angelic beings, they, uh, they were created by God, and, and I, I'm not being dogmatic about this, but I, I believe that probably when, when God created everything else is when he created the, the angels. And, and, um, but but all to, the, to the angelic world. Now, the difference between an angel and a human being is that we're born. We're born. We're brought, we're brought into the world through birth. <clears throat> but God created the angels individually. And God named them. Can you imagine all of the, the, and the Bible says that the angelic world is without number, innumerable, millions and millions and millions. God made each one. God named them, and also God, God placed them in a rank. He gave them authority. And you have the, you have the, uh, the different orders, you might say, of, of uh, angelic beings. The, the, uh, at the top of the level of them, you have the cherubim. Uh, Lucifer was, and, and God created Lucifer, not Satan. God created Lucifer. Uh, and he was, God made him the anointed cherub. Cherub, that singular, singular uh, plural is cherubim. <clears throat> uh, sometimes you'll see an S on it, but, but actually I am is plural. You don't really need the S, but uh, anyway. Um, so so God, God created uh, these angels. He, he created them individually. He named him, gave him rank, and um, so so there you have those in that fail. When when uh, Lucifer fell, when he sinned, he according to Revelation, he drew a third part of the angels with him. And these now, when you read in the Bible, you, they're called devils, or they're in other words demons. We we usually refer to them as demons. Demons are fallen angels, and and they're, the difference between an, an angel as far as salvation and a human being is that, that uh, you know, we can, we can commit sin over and over and then, you know, and then finally get saved. There's still hope for us. We can still get saved. But once the angels made that choice, there's no, there's no redemption for them. Um, the, the angels that chose not to sin, that, that stayed with God, so to speak, uh, they will never fall. That was a choice that's fixed. The angels that did, their choice was fixed, and they can never be redeemed. I heard, I heard about one time in, in a prayer meeting service that uh, an older lady stood and asked if they'd pray that the devil would be saved. Well, that... The, 
that's not going to happen. It's not, the devil's not going to be saved uh, because, because his choice was fixed. Um, so you have, you have these, uh, these uh, spiritual entities. They're evil spirits. They're, they're liars and deceivers. And 1 John chapter 5, 19 says, The whole world, the whole world lieth in wickedness. Revelation chapter 12 tells us a third of the holy angels fell out of heaven and they constitute the force of demons who develop, develop their uh, ideologies, their, the fortresses that become the tombs of people. As Paul described in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, these, are, these are vile beings who really in some ways were, were a little bit less obvious until Jesus arrived. And whenever, when the, when the Lord Jesus arrived in, in, the, in flesh, then they made an all-out effort to stop him. <clears throat> um, here, here in America, you, you didn't used to hear of demonic activity like you do now. Uh, the, more, the more wickedness there is, the more evil, uh, the, more, the more away from God that that a society comes, that that then kind of opens up the door for this demonic activity, <clears throat> and uh, you see they they will say that you know a person who is insane if he commits murder that they they're not supposed to lock him up they put him in a hospital or something somewhere, but anybody who commits murder is insane. They're and and they're demon they're either demon possessed or demon influenced. Because, because the Bible refers to them as liars and murderers. And uh, no, no sane person would ever take the life of somebody else. So it's, uh, it's demon activity. And, uh, and, and the further that, that our society gets away from God, the less spiritual... Uh, Spiritual activity and all that, the, the more the more demon, demonic activity you're going to have. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing this all the time, aren't we? So uh, you have so you have evil on a supernatural level with the force of demons that use their powers to seduce and, and deceive humanity and to fight the purposes of God. And they're primarily involved in the development of false religious systems. The Bible talks about the doctrines of devils. <clears throat> there, and uh, some of these, you see, any any religion or culture, whatever it is, any anything that is not Christian is of the devil. Now, now, hear me well. Uh, all false religions are of the devil. There, there's only one true God. And, and in the very first commandment, God says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. <clears throat> so any God that is not, is not the true uh, God of the Bible is a false God. And so, so he is demon. He's a... He's, uh, the, the followers of that then have, have they're being 
either, either possessed or else uh, influenced by demons. Uh, they're, they're purveyors of doctrines of demons. <clears throat> One time years ago uh, uh, on, on TV, the, I, I was watching a religious program there. Had this real smooth guy. I mean, really, you know, great voice and everything. And he was sharp, boy. Every hair was in place. And he had on a suit, you know. And he was—he was—he just really, a, you know, uh, physically a very nice-looking human being. <clears throat> and, uh, and so he's going and, and going, and and I thought that must be—he must be a Baptist, because I it didn't tell you know anything about who he was. I when I turned it on, he was already speaking. But he goes and he's you know and, he's, and everything he was saying you know. It was, you could agree with it. Baptists could agree with it. But then all of a sudden, he turns, and he begins to he begins to see what he was doing. But I, I learned this, that these false religions, what they do, they'll give you enough truth that you will begin to believe them, to follow them, and then, bam, they hit you with the error. But see, you're already caught. You're already captured. But um, he, he then began to talk about that the cross, Jesus dying on the cross was not enough to save you. You had to keep the Ten Commandments, and you had to do this, you had to do that, and do the other. And so then, at the end of the program, <clears throat> it was it was Car uh, Garner Ted Armstrong. Now you probably have heard of uh, uh, the old man, Ted Armstrong, and the the Radio Church of God. <clears throat> uh, now, they, their literature and everything was top-notch. I mean, everything was, you know, on, on shiny paper and everything, you know, and thick and, and color, and all of their literature was just top-notch. Everything they put out was top-notch. They were really sophisticated. And Garner Ted, he was the son of Herbert, Herbert W. Armstrong, the old man. <clears throat> and, uh, but, but that's a cult. That's the cult. They, uh, all of that, all of that was started because of demonic influence, and uh, one of the one of the most prominent cults in America, and and, and I guess really really in uh, many parts of the world is Mormonism. Now Mormonism is very deceiving. When, when in Bible college we studied we studied cults, and uh, the, the cult of Mormonism is is the the most dangerous of any cult in America, because they use the King James Bible, but they also have the Book of Mormon, which has precedence over the King James Bible, but but they they emphasize you know family and taking care of the family and all of this and uh, <clears throat> but but if you if you if you study the cult of Mormonism get you a good book on cults and, um, and study the cult of Mormon uh, there there is the most demonic thing that you can ever read read about uh, but yet they want they want to be they, they present, you know, they're very sophisticated in their presentation, and they want to be accepted as a, as a form of Christianity. But uh, 
but, but you need to understand this. Nothing's more explicitly pagan than Mormonism. It is a more, it's, it's more like Hinduism than it is like Christianity. Christianity has one God. The Mormons have millions. In fact, uh, they, believe in, they believe that you become God. You become a God. <clears throat> they believe that, that some God created the God who created the world. And the God who created the world had some kind of a spiritual uh, sexual encounter with the mother God that produced Jesus. And according to Mormonism, Jesus and Satan are brothers. And the, the cleverness of this, putting in a moral context, a superficially moral context with a kind of commitment to families and, and giving it the facade of acceptability and morality, that, that just makes it more deadly. The Bible says we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but what? Against principalities and powers, dominions. There, there, there's order. See, there's order in the demonic world because, because there are fallen angels, and there's order in the angelic world. <clears throat> um, even, though, even though Lucifer fell, and, and we know him as Satan or the devil, yet he, he, he maintained his authority. He's called the God of this age, the God of this world. And uh, the, speaking, this, talking about this world, this world system, he is the he is the head of the demonic world. All of those fallen angels are are under him, under his authority. Then uh, <clears throat> let me add a fourth. There's there's one evil that lasts forever, and it's the evil of hell, the evil of hell, evil forever, unmitigated, for all the people that are there. Uh, but for now, evil is not just present in our world. It is, it is outside of us. It's in us. It's around us. So we start with the obvious. Evil exists. A lot of, a lot of uh, suffering, a lot of suffering, <clears throat> a, lot, a lot of uh, uh, the, the calamities we experience, all of the, a lot of those things are because of the fact that evil exists. There's a curse on this on this earth and and on mankind, and so uh, evil evil exists. That's why that's why they're suffering. That's why because you see we're all sinners, and the wages of sin is death, and that's not talking about just physical death. That's talking about eternal death. The wages of sin is death uh, and so see you're you know there uh, there there's a uh, saying and and one time we did a a play when, when I was there in Maryville uh, and, and born to die born to die all of us from the moment that you're born you begin the death process is set in you begin you begin to die some of us, it takes a little longer. I don't know whether because uh, we're stronger or because of uh, there's some good in us. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you know, some, people, some people aren't very old whenever they die. 
but, uh, but the reason is because evil exists. Evil exists. <clears throat> but the, the second thing we can affirm is that God exists. The God of, of the Bible is the true and only living God. He's the God that Scripture reveals him to be because, because Scripture is his self-revelation. The Bible, the entire Bible, we've got a book that's called The Revelation, but in, you could call the entire Bible The Revelation because what it is is a revelation of God, who, who God is. And uh, he's the God that Scripture reveals. And the Scripture tells us that he is the only true God and and he is, according to Scripture, absolutely sovereign. Now, by that, I mean he's absolutely in charge of everything. Everything. He controls everything. He created everything out of nothing. He controls everything. And, and he will finish everything. He is governing history in every minute detail. There's not one molecule in the universe that's out of line with his purposes. This earth will be destroyed. But not because of polar ice caps that melt and flood the earth. Every time you see a rainbow, you know that's not going to happen. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 says, As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, day and night, morning and evening. And the way it's all going to come to an end is when God determines that it's over. And God is going to uncreate the earth, the world, the universe in an, an atomic implosion. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God made it. God's going to destroy it. I can remember back years ago when, when uh, our politicians and scientists and, and all that, they were saying that we were, we were going to freeze to death because, you know, the ice, ice caps were, uh, you know, they were spreading out, and, and so we were going to freeze to death. Well, that didn't work, so now we're going to burn up. And I, you know, I know that the way the temperature's been here the last two, three weeks, <clears throat> a lot of people are thinking that. But, um, but that's not the way the world's going to, that's not the way it's going to happen. Um, I know that this world is going to last at least 1,007 years because there's going to be seven years of tribulation and then 1,000 years of the millennial reign of Christ. And then the Lord's going to make a new heaven and new earth. And so, um, you know, there's a, a movement now among some so-called um, preachers, theology, uh, and evangelicals that that uh, they feel like you know that that God's lost control. God's lost control of things, and what's happening is because God has lost control, and uh, and you know they they're so puffed up they think that that somehow they're going to be, be able to rescue God from, you know, from all this stuff that's, <clears throat> that's happening. And, uh, but, but God's in control. Don't, don't, don't be mistaken about it. God's still in control. 
And uh, God cannot do evil. He's the God who is incapable of doing anything evil. He, he's holy, holy, holy. And, but, he's, but he's content to leave the responsibility for evil's existence and even it, its action. You see, all of this stuff is, is, is part of the judgment of God because of sin. The curse was because, because of sin. Uh, another way um, uh, to say it would be, like in First Timothy 6.15, it says that he is the only potentate. He's the sole ruler of the universe. And why does he do what he does? Jesus, uh, Jesus gave a good insight into that in Matthew 11 when he said, Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. Or in other words, God does what he wills. He does what he wills. In Job chapter 23, verse 13, he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desires, even that he does. In Psalm 33, he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. <clears throat> the Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to naught. He makes the devices of the people of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart uh, to all generations. Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So here is God taking full responsibility for the existence of evil since he is God and controls everything. Evil is no disruption of God's purpose. <clears throat> there, there's, a, there, there's natural evil uh, because, of the, because of the curse. There's moral evil because, because we, are, we have a sin nature and there's that evil that's from within, the heart is deceitful, desperately wicked, who can know it. There's also uh, evil, supernatural evil. There's that uh, from, uh, from demons, from the fallen angels. <clears throat> why, why does God allow it? Well, I don't, I don't have the time to spend uh, much on this, but, but there's a, a little statement in Romans chapter 3 and verse 5. This is what it says. Our unrighteousnesses now here's the key word our unrighteousness commends or or the word the way it's used there means demonstrates the righteousness of God now listen carefully our unrighteousness now isn't that so strange our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God our unrighteousness in other words, our unrighteousness, and in that case, he's talking about, talking about Israel particularly, our unrighteousness, our sin, our fallenness, our inequity, our corruption, our wretchedness, puts the righteousness of God on display. And where, where was the righteousness of God displayed more than anywhere else? It was at the cross, wasn't it? On the cross. Jesus died <clears throat> on the cross. You see, uh, <clears throat> we, we, could not, we could not know the righteousness of God unless we know our own unrighteousness. <clears throat> you know, the hardest thing uh, 
and, and trying to get somebody saved, you know, the hardest thing you're dealing with is because nobody, nobody wants to admit that they're sinful. You know, they don't, they want, don't want to admit their own unrighteousness. That's why you see it takes the conviction of the Holy Spirit before a person will come to the place to where he will admit that he's a sinner. And that, uh, you know, that, that, that he needs uh, salvation. Um, but, but at the cross, I dealt with this some time ago about, you, remember, you may remember this, the darkness, why it was dark, three hours, for three hours there's total darkness. Remember that? Talk about that. And, and you know, you normally think about, well, uh, in darkness, that, that, you know, that's indicating God's not there. But, but oftentimes in the Old Testament, it was in the darkness that God, that, that's where God was, in the darkness. Remember at Mount Sinai when, when God called Moses up and gave the Ten Commandments, there, there was darkness over all that. God was there, but there was darkness there. Uh, when Jesus was dying on the cross for three hours, that darkness, and, and you say, why, uh, why, why do you say that, that God was there in that darkness? Because at the end of it, what did Jesus do? At the end of the three hours of darkness, what, what happened? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So he was, he, God's presence was in that darkness. But as soon as the darkness was over, Jesus knew that, that God was not there. His presence was not there. So, you know, there's a lot of, you could, you could go on all night talking about this thing about why, why, we, why they're suffering, uh, why we have calamities, you know, and all that. Um, but, Basically, it would fit into one of those categories we talked here about here tonight. It's not God directly causing you to suffer. Yes, God's sovereign and God made everything and, and God set into motion all of these laws that bring all this stuff about. But, but, but God is not directly causing all your suffering. Some of it is because just the evil there's evil, and uh, and from those directions that we mentioned there, from just the earth, from the earth, you know, the world system, and then from our own hearts, and then also from uh, fallen angels, demons. Would you stand, please? Now we're going to give you an opportunity. We have we have the prayer list that we pass out, as, as you're all familiar with, and we want you to take that, take it with you, and throughout the week when you go to the Lord in prayer to use that. Uh, but we want to give you time here tonight also to uh, to pray. And if you want to come to the altar, I, I know some sometimes some of you do, um, but, but that's up to you if you want to come to the altar. Uh, if you'd rather just where you are, if you want to be seated while you pray. That's, that's fine too, but I want to spend these next, next few minutes in prayer asking God uh, for God's blessings on these requests that, that we have here, those that have been made, and then I'll pray, pray for our services Sunday that 
Lord bless and give us a great day. And, uh, and maybe, maybe things on your own heart that, that you need to bring before the Lord. And so uh, let's take this time and uh, use it in prayer over all the needs that we have here in our church family.